Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's worship service. Looking forward to spending this time with you, continuing this uh, teaching on kindness. There's a, a janitor at a high school out in Colorado whose name is William Manning. I know you've never heard of him, but, you know, uh, he's, he's a custodian at that high school, and the kids love him because he loves them. He talks to them. He knows about their lives. He encourages them. He's one who goes to all the ball games, whether it's football, baseball, track, wrestling, whatever. He's always showing up and supporting the kids, and, and they affectionately refer to him as Wild Bill. Well, one night, Wild Bill's car was stolen from the parking lot of the apartment complex where he lived, and it was only his only way to get to, uh, to work. And one day at school, he was talking with a senior class member and telling about his car being stolen, and he got all teary-eyed. And, and that senior class member started to campaign among the students to raise money to help Wild Bill buy a new car and those high school students in just a matter of a few days raised four thousand dollars and and when they gave the check to wild bill he was so touched and i share that because with all that's going on in our world we think man this world is a mess and people are mean and there is a there there is a mess in this country and there is a lot of meanness and anger and shouting and conflict but there's also a lot of goodness a lot of kindness and and sometimes we we, we forget that young people can be very kind and very good they can and this is a great story and we we need more stories like that we, we need all of us as god's people to step up and be those kind of people last week we looked in colossians chapter 3 and learned that god expects us as members of his family, as people who are new in Jesus Christ and are to look like Jesus, that God expects us to be people of compassion, people who are kind, people who are humble and gentle, people who are patient, people who are loved. God expects that of us. And the truth is, the truth is that anyone can be that kind of person. Tony Campolo, who is the preacher and sociologist, professor and, and the author, he had an experience some time ago. He was, he was, when he would walk to work in downtown Philadelphia, quite often he would pass street people, homeless people. And, and usually, like most of us in those settings, he would just pass them and not pay any attention, usually ignore them. But one day, as, as he was walking on, on the sidewalk, this, this bag lady came out of a, a donut shop, if you will, out of a bakery, and she had this hot cup of coffee in her hand. And, and their eyes, they, they, they glancingly met for just a moment and Campolo kept walking trying to ignore her and she put her bags down and so on and then then she looked his direction and, and she shouted hey mister hey mister would you like a sip of my coffee and he thought about continuing to walk but he didn't he stopped and he looked back at her her direction and uh he said uh he said hey lady yes Yes, I would like a, a, a taste of your of your hot coffee, and and so he walked up to her and she held out her her coffee cup with her dirty hand and he took it from her and he took a swig, he took a sip of her coffee and and she asked him with a smile on her face, "Is it good?" And he said, "Yes, yes, it's 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 good and thank you." And then he said, "By the way, why did you offer me some of your coffee?" And this bag lady, this homeless woman, said, "Because it was so good." I thought someone might like to share it with me and enjoy it with me. And here's the thing. If somebody on the street, if a bag lady, if a homeless person can do an act of kindness to a total stranger, why is it not possible that those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, why is it not possible that we can also be kind? We can be kind to people that we don't know, 
people with whom we disagree, people who have done things at times that they maybe hurt us and, and frustrate us. I mean, in fact, Jesus tells us in his great Sermon on the Mount to, to bless and love and pray for people who despitefully abuse us and use us and persecute us and so on. And so so if, if, if a homeless woman can be kind to a total stranger, listen, those of us who know Jesus Christ, who have the love of God in our hearts, who are created in the image of Christ, we should be able to be kind. Even though our world is messed up and there is so much division and so much so much hostility and so much shouting and all of that, we are able to be kind if we choose to be the people God has called us to be. And think about Jesus Christ. He was a kind person, and not just to his friends. Lepers, people who had that contagious disease that were ostracized and people would have nothing to do with them. Jesus not only would speak to them, but Jesus would touch them. Jesus would heal them. It was an expression of kindness and compassion. Zacchaeus, the the Jewish tax collector, collecting taxes for the Romans, and therefore his fellow Jewish citizens considered him a turncoat, a traitor. They didn't want anything to do with him. And what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't treat him like a traitor. Jesus went to his house and had a meal with him. And Zacchaeus' life was changed by the kindness of Jesus Christ. You think about uh, the, the, the struggle with race relations in America today. And, and one day Jesus was traveling through Samaria. It was a country between Judah and Galilee where Jewish people lived. And in between was Samaria. It was a, a mixed race. And, and very religious and devout Jews hated the Samaritans. And would not even some of them would not, would not even travel through that country. They would go out of their way to go around that country. And yet Jesus is walking through that country. And he sees this Samaritan woman. And not only is she somebody of mixed race. Not only is she a Samaritan, but she's a woman who had had five husbands and was currently living with somebody. So so Jesus sits down and has a conversation with her and her life is changed. Why can't you and I as the people of God have loving, kind interactions with people who are of different races and different different cultures than us? People whose lives, they've made a mess of their own lives and yet God is kind to them and you and I can be kind. Jesus was kind to his enemies. The evening he was arrested before his crucifixion, Peter, one of his disciples, wanted to defend Jesus, so he pulled a sword and he swung it wildly and in doing so cut off the ear of one of the men who had come to arrest Jesus. What did Jesus do? He stopped Peter, told him to put away his sword, and he reached out and touched the man who had come to arrest him, and he healed the man's ear. On and on I could go with story after story demonstrating the kindness of Jesus Christ, not just to his followers, not just to his friends, not just to his family, but to his enemies, to people who were of different races, people who made a mess out of their lives, people who were considered traitors, people who had contagious disease. Jesus demonstrated kindness. As we saw last week, you and I as his children are to put on Christ. We are to grow in Christ's likeness, which means we are to grow in kindness. That's the reason our key verse that we looked at last Sunday, and I want us to look at again this morning in Colossians chapter 3, if you have your Bible, verse 12, says, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Why? Last week we said we'd do it because we're part of God's family. Because we're a new person in Jesus Christ and are to grow in Christ's likeness. Here's a third reason today that we are to show kindness and patience and humility and gentleness and compassion to people. This this is a is a it's a, a big reason. We do it because of who we are. We do it 
because of who we are. In verse 12, he says, We are chosen of God. We are holy and we are beloved. Chosen of God does not mean that God chooses this person for salvation and this person for hell and uh, for heaven rather and, and, he, and he, he, cho- he chooses this person to, to remain lost and, and chooses that person for hell no God, God doesn't choose the individual who's going to be saved that's not what this is talking about Israel in the Old Testament was God's chosen people but not everybody who was born an Israelite not everybody who was born a Jew obeyed God not all of them believed God. Not all of them go to heaven. Not all of them were saved. They were God's chosen instrument. The nation of Israel, the people, the Jewish people, they were chosen instrument as a people, as a nation, to be a blessing to the world. And today, we as the followers of Jesus Christ, we who are the people of God, the family of God, the church of Jesus Christ, we are not chosen individually, but we are chosen collectively as a group to be His instrument of love, His instrument of salvation, His instrument of service, His instrument of kindness to this hurting, sinful world. We have a mission. We have a a purpose. The Bible says that we are His ambassadors. We are His representatives. And because we are His representatives, we are His ambassadors, we are to look like Him, represent Him. And to do that, we have to show kindness. We have to show compassion. We have to be gentle. We have to be humble. We have to have patience as the the disciple peter wrote in his letter in the new testament first peter chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 he said this but you talking about us as the people of god are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people of a people for god's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and then he continues in in verse 10 by saying for you once were none a people but now You are the people of God. Because of who we are, we are to represent God in this world, and we do that by being kind. He also says that we are holy, meaning that we are consecrated. We belong to God. We are dedicated to God. We're His servants. We are His instruments, and we are to fulfill His purpose in this world and and listen nothing there's nothing holy there's nothing holy about the other list we talked about last sunday there's nothing holy about slander there's nothing holy about lying there's nothing holy about being angry all the time and frustrated all the time there's there's nothing holy about sexual immorality there's nothing holy about abusive speech holiness shows up in kindness and compassion gentleness humility, patience, and love. Many of you will remember earlier this year, in late January, I think it was, Kobe Bryant, the great basketball player for the Lakers, died in a helicopter crash with his daughter and seven others early one Sunday morning. There was a high school principal in Colorado who, because of something she tweeted that day in response to Kobe Bryant's death, lost her job. When she got the news that Kobe Bryant had died in California in that helicopter crash, this high school principal in Colorado tweeted this, Not going to lie, seems to me that karma caught up with a rapist today. She was referring to an event in Kobe's life in 2003 when there was an accusation by a young woman in Colorado. And Kobe and that young woman settled that, and there were no charges filed. So she was referring to that event almost 20 years earlier, and, and, and here on the very day that he died and his 
daughter died and seven other people died, she tweeted out this 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 thing that was in her mind, this thought that was in her mind and heart, not going to lie, seems to me that Comer caught up with a rapist today. And the uproar from the community and from the students in the school and all, she had to resign. She lost her job. And it's not just, listen, it's not just that if you tweet everything that pops into your mind, it can get you into trouble. It's that what we say, whether it's with our tongues or with our fingers as we type on social media platforms, is that they can reveal what is in our heart. Those words can reveal what is in our mind. And as people who are the family of God made new in Jesus Christ, designed to look more like Jesus as we are Remembering who we are as His ambassadors, we are to speak for Him and speak the way He wants us to speak. And that is with compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility, love and patience, brothers and sisters. And then He says, Who are you? You are the beloved. You are the beloved. Meaning that God loves you. God loves you. And why would you respond to God's love with hate? Why would you respond to God's love with anger? Why would you respond to God's love with abusive speech? Why would you not respond to the love of God with love, the kindness of God with kindness, the compassion of God with compassion, the mercy of God with mercy, the patience of God with patience? That's who we are. We're His children, and we respond to Him the way He has responded to us. He is our life. And so... We need to develop more of these characteristics, this fruit of the Spirit, this kindness in our own lives. How do we do that? Well, let me use two words to help you understand how to develop more kindness in your life. The first word is focus. Focus. The second word is input. Input. Let's look at focus first. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says this, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, you've been raised from spiritual death to spiritual life because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Then in verse 2, he says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. God is saying, keep your focus where it needs to be. Now, that doesn't mean that we ignore what's going on in life. We ignore what's going on in this nation, but it doesn't consume us. It's not our focus. Our focus is heaven. Our focus is God. Our focus is Jesus Christ. And the more we focus on Him, the more we're able to be effective in making a difference in this world. But the more we focus on the things of this earth, the more we become like the people of this earth, not like the citizens in heaven, the people of God. Focus. And then he talks about input. Input. Look at verse 16 in Colossians 3. He said, let the Word of Christ. What is the Word of Christ? It's the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God. It's the Scripture. It's this book. He says in verse 16, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Richly. Just like somebody wants to be rich financially. God says you should want the, His His Word to be in you to, to a degree that to an extent that, that it's like you're wealthy, you're rich with the Word of God. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly within you 
with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts. He's saying, he's saying you need to be in the Word of God and you need to be in worship. You need the Word of God and you need public worship with the people of God. And I know with COVID-19, we can't all be together physically, so you're worshiping with us now. Get your Bible. Be in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. How do we develop kindness? By keeping our focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, getting in to his word and worshiping him and allowing him to speak to us so that he can make us look more and more like Jesus Christ instead of focusing all of our attention and so much of our energy on the things of this earth. Now let me make this really practical for us. The average American today spends more than two hours, more than two hours every day on social media platforms, including 38 minutes a day on Facebook. Now, not every American watches the news regularly, whether it's the networks like ABC, CBS, NBC, or it's the cable networks like Fox and, and CNN and MSNBC, but, but many do. And those who are really engaged, those who are really into watching the news, watch the, watch the news twice as much as others who watch the news. Now, that's, that's not counting those who don't watch it, people who watch the news you know, on average, watch about 30 minutes a day. People who are really engaged watch these networks more than an hour a day. And and that's especially true for the ones who watch the cable networks, Fox and CNN and MSNBC, more than an hour. And do you do you know what age group what age group watches cable news and network news more than any other age group? It's those who are 60 and older. Spend more time than any other age group watching the news. And you say, well, well so what? But here's the thing. See, what we focus on, what we listen to, becomes input. And it begins to shape us. And, 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 and it means that, that many of us who go to church, many of us who say we're followers of Christ, are spending two and a half to three hours, two and a half to three hours every day on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, other platforms, more than two and a half to three hours a, a day on social media or watching the news, watching CNN, watching Fox, watching CBS, surfing the web, looking for news, surfing, you know, spending time on Facebook. We're spending two and a half to three hours a day doing that kind of stuff. Here's my question. How much time are you spending reading the Word of God? How much time are you spending in devotion with Jesus Christ. How much time are you spending in worship? And how does it compare to how much time you spend on Facebook and, and, and surfing the web and watching Fox or watching CNN or MSNBC? How does all of that compare? Where is your focus? What is the input? Because I say to you, my brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that what you focus on becomes input and what is inputted into you shapes you. And if we allow more input to come from the things of this earth, things of this culture, things of this world, then it's just natural that we're going to feel more frustration, more anger, that we're going to participate in more abusive speech because that's what we're putting in ourselves all the time. We know from surveys that the that the, the average person who attends church regularly, and listen to this, those who of those who regularly attend church, those who regularly attend a Protestant church, only one in three of them read the Word of God on a daily basis. 
And they're saying that most of the people who go to church on a regular basis have more input coming from the culture, more input coming from the world than they do from heaven, from Christ, and from His Word. And it's no wonder that sometimes we sound when we speak more like Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow or Laura Ingram or Anderson Cooper, Anderson Cooper, any of the other talking heads I could name, than we sound like Jesus Christ, than we sound like the Word of God. See, the truth is, you and I as followers of Jesus are supposed to influence our culture by our behavior, not allow the culture to influence us by its speech. And our behavior, Jesus says, is to be kind and compassionate and gentle and humble and patient and loving. We need to let God's Word richly dwell within us And during this unusual year, 2020, with the COVID-19 pandemic, many of you listening to me right now have more time at home, more time to read the Word of God, more time to study and learn, more time to worship online, more time to grow in your relationship with Jesus than you've had in your life, than you've had in years. Are you taking advantage of it? Would it not be a shame Would it not be a disgrace during this COVID-19 pandemic when our world has been turned upside down that we as followers of Jesus Christ, rather than growing in our relationship with Jesus and getting into His Word more, are focusing on the things of the earth more and becoming more like the world and less like Jesus Christ? Would that not be a shame if we blow this opportunity to get into the Word of God and to learn and to grow? And I want to share with you an encouraging word a benefit that will come to you from getting into the Word of God, keeping your focus on Jesus and becoming more like Him is found in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I learned something. I learned something, brothers and sisters, that when I focus on the world, when I focus on the the news and the divisions and all that's going on in this culture, you know what? It's not that I ignore that. I learn about it. I watch some news. But I've learned that when I focus on that, more than I focus on the Word of God, I end up feeling frustrated. I end up being being scared. I I end up being angry. I end up being mad all the time. And and I dare say there are some of you listening right now, you, you, you go through your day so upset about what's going on in this world, don't you? And you feel very little the peace of God in your heart and in your life. I want to encourage you to turn your eyes away from those things and focus them more on Jesus. Look above, look above, look up, He said. And let the Word of God dwell in you richly. If you need some help with that, we have a New Testament reading plan at our church, and it's available on our website. Go to our website and download that plan and read the New Testament with us five chapters a week, one chapter, Monday through Friday, and write in a journal what God says to you. Don't worry about catching up. We started in January. Just pick up with where we are now in July and read the Word of God. Go to our YouTube page, our Facebook page, our website, and watch the daily video devotion that I record and put out on the chapter we're reading that day. Feast upon the Word of God. Spend time in His Word more than you do in all these other things, and you will know the peace of God. Remember what what He said. Put on. As you're putting on Jesus, put on compassion. Put on kindness. Put on humility, put on gentleness, put on patience, put on love. Wow. Kindness. Can you, can you imagine how much better our country would be if we would do that? 
So I, I can't control everything out there. I can't control everybody out there. Neither can you. But I can control me. I, I can choose what I focus on. I can choose what I allow to become input in my life and in my heart. And so can you. And, and this world, can, can, our, our own city, our own state, our own families, our own communities would be so much better if we just all showed kindness and we can. There's a family who for the last 50 or so years has owned a, a small bakery in Ohio. Three generations now have owned it and worked it. And this coronavirus, like many small businesses, has hit them very, very hard, and they've lost a lot of their income. Even though they have online sales and takeout, it's been, it's been difficult for them financially. But they have one customer, an elderly man who's been coming to their little donut shop, their little bakery, for decades, lived in that community his whole life, and, and he has his favorite donut. It's a, a custard-filled uh, donut, and as I said, he's been a customer for decades. And w- one day he he ordered, he ordered uh, through the phone. He ordered his uh, his favorite one-dollar custard-filled donut, and when he went to pay, he didn't pay a dollar as usual. He gave them one thousand dollars. When he did, the third-generation owner of that of that family business cried cried you want to change people's lives you want to make this world a better place don't act like the people in the world act like the people of God develop kindness develop kindness that's what Jesus did with you he was kind to you he showed you love John 3 16 God so loved the world he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life God's kindness is that he gave Jesus to die on the cross to pay for the sins you committed that's kindness that's love And God wants you to respond to His kindness by loving Him. God wants to forgive you all your sin, change your life, and fill you with His goodness and with His kindness and with His love. And I want to encourage you right now, there in your living room or your kitchen, wherever you're watching this, I want to encourage you to bow your head and say, Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to die for me. And I am now committing my life to you. I want to live for you and love you and serve you and follow you. Please forgive me. I accept your forgiveness. I accept your gift of eternal life. And I'm going to be yours, Jesus. Then I want you to text me and let me know about it. Text the word Jesus to the number on your screen so that one of our pastors can respond and reach out to you and send you some literature free of cost to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope that you will allow God to work in your life, brothers and sisters, in the days to come so that you resemble the people of God more than the people of this world. And kindness can be one of the things that sets us apart. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned for this final word and then a closing song of worship. We'll see you next week. Hey, I'm so glad that you took the time to really engage with God's word. I know that pastor's message uh, as it relates to kindness has really spoken to your heart this week. Hope it challenges you as it has me and uh, we'll continue to grow in our walk with Christ as a result of having studied his word together. We want to continue to thank you for supporting the ministry through your giving, through your prayers, even through your presence. 